Now, how about this? Philanthropist and former New Zealander of the Year, Sir Ray Avery, is moving to Australia. Uh, Sir Ray says there's plenty of reasons for him to move, including teen suicide rates, child poverty, gang violence, lack of affordable housing, and so on. He's with us now. Hi, Sir Ray. Good afternoon. I feel like you're abandoning us when we probably need you the most. Oh, no, I'm not. You know, one of the problems with media releases is that people manipulate them a little bit. But what's happening is I'm moving the family home to Australia. We've always had a home in Australia. But what I've recognised is that I'm I'm struggling to get stuff off the ground in New Zealand. And uh, we're we're really thriving in Australia with some of our social enterprises. And there's a point where you have to say, as you do with all startups, um, you know, I'm just trying to push stuff up the hill. You know, um, a good example is that we've got a domestic violence program we've been running for two years in Australia with about 12,000 families we're looking after. We're expanding that now to a large number of other groups. The Australian government is pouring a whole lot of money into it. We're struggling to get engagement from government here to uh, look after domestic violence victims in New Zealand. We lead the world in the developed world with domestic violence. And so you'd think... Um, you know, that somebody would sort of front up and say, yes, this is a great idea. So I'm trying to actually just rejig our uh, charitable and my business activities to make sure that I can actually make things better. But I'm struggling in New Zealand, and um, there's a whole number of reasons for that because, you know, we've we've gone through the um, COVID recession. Um, People have a particular mentality at the moment. Uh, so donors are, are not uh, looking to, and of course, for all the reasons that you've spoken about in some of these previous things, there's a great deal of mistrust. Um, people are looking after themselves before they look after others, I think. Um, you say in Australia they're far more supportive of their high achievers. In what way? Well, I think um, but it's, a, it's a cultural dilemma. We've got the highest teen suicide rates in the developed world. So, um, for instance, in Greece, you're eight times less likely to commit suicide if you're a teen than you are in New Zealand. And our tall poppy syndrome um, is driven by uh, the fact that anybody who stands out is, is criticised. So a good example might be the All Blacks coach, for instance. He, he was vilified in the media. Um, but as one wonderful South African journalist said, uh, fish doesn't rot from the head down, but it does in New Zealand. If you stand out in any way, the wonderful Jake Miller was, the wonderful Jake Miller was killed by the media. Uh, the media didn't report the fact that he had a fire sale. All that Jake did was have a fire sale. He had a fire sale. But what happened was uh, the media, some aspects of the media were actually writing saying, you need to stand up, you've got to grow a set of balls. You know, uh, That's not reporting. That's actually media harassment. And that's what happens in our society in New Zealand. We actually tend to uh, break down people who stand up above the parapet. Whereas in Australia, they say, good on you, mate. Good, good on you for having a go. But here... Um, you know, we've got this kind of mentality that um, um, which brings this, this sectarian stuff. Starts at school, you know. So we've got the second highest bullying rate in schools. How does that happen? So we've got this cultural diaspora. So a good example: my my eldest daughter um, is now in Australia and been there for about nine months, and she's loving it. She's just thriving because she she was bullied at school in New Zealand, but she's not being bullied. Uh, in school in Australia. so there's I don't want us to be like this. I don't want us to be like this. I feel like we're miserable and we're just a bunch of sad sacks at the moment. What do we do? Well, it's, it's what I've, I've been trying. You know. <laughs> I really have. And I've been you know, doing... And I think there's some good people around doing great stuff. Mike King's doing some fantastic stuff. And um, 
Robert Hollis's diagramming their schools. Yeah. And it starts with the kids. And I've been doing the same thing. We've been giving out our free Amigo bars to kids. And I go to South Auckland schools and we say to them, look, um, don't eat your bars, you know, while we're doing the talk. But some of them haven't eaten since um, the four o'clock the day before and they just scoff them down. And I just get full of despair when I see all this stuff going on. But the problem I have is that nobody's listening. And that's where I get to the point, well, I've got to make a judgment call and say, look, I could Well, who do you want to listen to, Ray? I mean, ultimately, I mean, I, I hate to do this. I hate to sheet everything back to the government, but they are the people that we pay to run the show. Should Are they not listening? They're not listening, no. I mean, I've offered the government uh, free advice with everything from... I had a wonderful email from the, uh, uh, you know, decades ago from the president of Eritrea saying, thank you, Sir Ray. All of the aid organisations buggered off when the war started. You stayed. You built this laboratory to make interocular lenses. And now we've got no cataract blindness in our country. And I want to thank you on behalf of all the people of Eritrea. Now, we can change healthcare if we all get behind the idea of a good idea. Uh, when I've approached the government to um, try and solve some of our problems, like we've got the, the highest rate of possible heart infections in the developed world, we can fix that because we know how to do it. But I've offered the government several opportunities to do that, but they just never apply. Uh. So I think my, my kings had the same problem. We're trying to get some funding for what is a much slicker process for uh, kids in, in a very kind of uh, tech way to... Um, um, look after kids in need. So what we've got in New Zealand, for instance, we've got a tech that we use, which is world-changing, where if you've got a domestic violence uh, patient, we can give them a little secret watch. When they press that, it gets connected to the police car in the street. They're there yeah. in a few minutes to protect that person. But it also records everything that's going on. That's wonderful tech. We're rolling it out gangbusters in uh, Australia, but we can't get it going in New Zealand. Oh, typical. Um, because nobody's well, listening. listen, if you if you do go, well, you are going. Will you come back when we need you again? I suspect we might need to need need to have you come back, Sir Ray. Thank you very much, Sir Ray Avery, moving to Australia. And I just had a guts full of us by the looks of things.